Welcome to Cluster Fudge. We don't have Carlos in this episode, but filling in, we have Asterios Kokonos. Hey, how you guys doing? Now, if you're not familiar with Asterios, he's been on other big podcasts like Biggest uh, Problem in the Universe. Um, have you been on Biggest Debate yet? I, I haven't. Um, I'm going to okay. see if I can get on in the at the end of August because I may have to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. to uh, to oversee a uh, a nicotine gum commercial. Okay. But I also may not. You never know. But you, yeah. So but you I might may. be on biggest uh, debate in the universe. I'd love um, to. If a look, if 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 look, look, I'm not going to. Like I'm definitely not going to pay six hundred dollars to fly to Los Angeles to do a podcast, but uh, <laughs> if these uh, these nicotine gum people, they've got pretty deep pockets. Yeah, they so, can afford uh, a plane ticket. Yeah, they can afford a plane ticket. Yeah. Now you've also been on Star Wars Minute. I love that. Yes, I love that show. Um, one of my favorites. Those are both pretty well known between biggest problem in the universe and Star Wars Minute. Those are two different podcasts that two different people have told me that they're regular listeners of without you interjecting like they don't even they didn't even know you no that's speaks highly look i've been on i've been on those shows i've been on jordan jesse go it's a Mm -hmm. lot of fun been on mike kaplan's podcast and i've also been on a bunch of shitty shows no one's heard of so (laughs) it's like like this one i think no what don't say that (laughs) but i get look my Everyone's going to be wondering where the hell Carlos is, so maybe you should tell him. Oh, well, Carlos is Carlos is in Chicago. He's busy right now. I mean, he's been pretty busy lately doing shows in Chicago, doing a very variety of uh, sketch and improv shows there on in the scene. Um, and he's not going to be available for another hour or so. But here, Eastern time, I'll be in bed. So that's a little late for me. To oh, be starting God. No, I hear uh, that. Personally. I would have canceled the show if I were him. <laughs> I would have been like, you know what? I have to do a podcast with my friend. And what could be more important than friendship? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's we don't do that many episodes. So for our listeners, we need to just keep these things going. Yeah. So you're here to supplement. And, I'll uh, supplement? Look, that's, what, that's mostly what I do. <laughs> you're, the, you're the pitch hitter. You're the pitch I'm, hitter. I'm very good. Look, someone couldn't make it. I'll Look, mm-hmm. I'm a person. You No doubt. No. Well, just a little bit. But no, <laughs> no. So, Asterios, Talk you to me. are a big fan of uh, professional wrestling. I love. Um, I do love wrestling. Oh my god! Yes. Now I've watched professional wrestling, particularly back in the 1980s, uh, in its heyday, in the days of kayfabe for the insiders. <laughs> yes, we might have to do some translation for any inside uh, lingo that we use for wrestling. All right. I'll, well, why don't we translate the word kayfabe? Which kayfabe is... is back when they believed wrestling was real. Is that correct? Yes, it's pig Latin for fake. You know, um, and it's Fake. like I didn't know that. Yeah, so so you know what would happen was like in the '60s and the '50s and whatever, when wrestling really borrowed a lot from carnies. I mean, very mm-hmm. specifically borrowed a lot from carnival workers. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of ter- there are a lot of terms that overlap. For example, if you 
are a mark at a carnival, it means you're like a rube, an idiot, like someone who we're going to take their money. Right. Uh, and and that wrestlers, you believe that this is all real. Yeah, and then you believe this is all real. And it's, you know, you believe that, like, when you're throwing this softball in this uh, apple apple bushel, uh, the, like, the softball, you know, the bushel has not been gimmicked or rigged to, you know, throw your softball right out. And it's the same thing with wrestling. Uh, with wrestling, if you're a wrestling fan, you are called a mark. <laughs> which yes. is uh it's not a very flattering term no not at all it's not a very flattering business but uh, back in the 80s i was a mark i oh was into the whole thing i thought hogan was the good guy and these other guys were the bad guys and i i heard the rumblings that it was fake but i was like nah, yeah come on <laughs> well see it's so funny because look on one hand macho man randy savage and miss elizabeth aren't literally getting married in the middle of a wrestling ring and then someone comes out and interrupts their wedding yeah, and there's a wrestling match it's like well yeah yes of course that is not real mm-hmm. but these guys are throwing themselves up and down and all around and they're jumping off the top rope to land on a guy and they're it's like you know they're like they're launching each other across the ring and they're landing flat on their back and it's like, yeah, that's real. Right. So it's not it's it's I think that's what makes wrestling so interesting is that it exists in this sort of twilight between real and fake. Right. Yeah, because unlike stage fighting where you can come away completely unharmed, like you won't even feel pain and in a stage fight necessarily wrestling tried to make it as real as possible without inflicting permanent damage. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, you know, that's the thing. It's interesting. Like, you know, wrestlers call it working safe, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, you, it's like, if I were to pick you up and slam you to the ground on the way down, I would be secretly lifting you up as much as possible so that when you landed, Mm -hmm. the impact would be as less possible. Manageable. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you got to imagine you're taking like 30 of those in a match and you're wrestling right. five nights a week and you're wrestling yeah. for 20 years. And so it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you can manage this all you want. <laughs> it, it, it hurts. Sure, <laughs> like, yeah. It hurts and you're in pain. And you can see sucked. the x-rays on these, these veteran wrestlers like on their backs and it's just like, Oh my God, dude. And their knees like don't function. And it's yep. like, really? disturbing to think about what they go through yeah Um, i mean the the famous x-rays are the x-rays of um of mick foley where it's just like mm. yeah he's got no cartilage and uh (laughs) it's like everything's broken there are still like screws inside of him Uh, from like times when like you know so those aren't medical screws nah nah. (laughs) i mean i mean anything's a medical screw if you if if you believe in it i mean or or Especially if Doctor if Doctor Death were to put it in you, the famous wrestler Steve Doctor Death, or Isaac Yankum, who's a dentist. I mean, he, you know, <laughs> he became Kane, right? He did. He became Kane, who and who currently is known as Corporate Kane because Kane he became like the director of operations for the WWE. So he walks around like in a suit and like glad hands a bunch. This is a guy by the way that was uh bored in hell and has direct access to hell via a portal to hell under the stage. He's now like he's now like he's your go between it with HR. And yeah, he also used to be a dentist. I mean he's had a long career. Yes. We've all had multiple. I mean, that there's he used that to hashtag. shoot lightning out of his hands, and he used to fight the Undertaker using mm-hmm. lightning. 
Yeah, and also, let's not forget, he burnt down the house that the Undertaker's parents were in, uh, making himself responsible for the death of uh, his parents. So yes, they were I brothers. Mean, yes, yeah, they, yeah, they, they are. They, they were brothers, but um, but you know, they, they're they're friends now. Yes, they've got over it. Yeah, they, yeah, they got. Look, you know, time heals all wounds. <laughs> it often is the case with wrestling storylines. Is no matter how badly you treated someone else, you could have desecrated their parents' uh, coffins, mm-hmm. and at some point, they're gonna kiss and make up. Well, that's well. See, that's what makes wrestling and politics so similar. Mm. Is 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 that it's like yeah, you can call like Marco Rubio, a, you can call him like a stupid idiot, child, fat loser, robot, and then right. like two months later, he, he's gonna endorse you. He endorses you. I yeah, I, you know it, it's 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 like it's hysterical. You know that ha- you know these relationships of convenience happen all the goddamn time, and then you're and then you're on that stage and you got to say a bunch of nice shit about the guy. Like you can't just like phone him in. <laughs> so my introduction to wrestling was as a child i was probably nine or ten years old i'm mm-hmm. guessing mm-hmm. there was hulk hogan's rock and wrestling was on saturday that was literally my gateway into wrestling was hulk hogan's rock and wrestling that's good i think i played right into vince mcmahon's hands that's great he's like well, we're gonna introduce kids to wrestling and this is how saturday morning cartoons and people probably scoffed him but like it worked on me kids are still the target audience because adults don't want to buy stuff that has wrestlers on it because it's embarrassing so Mm -hmm. i mean you know if if you want to know why like a a guy like john cena has been a good guy and the champion and he you know he just keeps winning like he you know he he doesn't stop winning it's because um yeah like adults it's like little kids like john cena um I was watching Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, and I'd see the in-between segments, and I'd see, like, the the real wrestlers in between the cartoon, and I'd start to get to know who these characters were, and, like, I would be, like, interested in watching actual wrestling, which would happen after Saturday morning cartoons on, I think, USA Network, and I would watch, like, one of the guys that I saw from the cartoon wrestling some jobber. Yeah. Which is like some guy that was meant to lose the match, and you knew, you didn't know who this guy was, so clearly he wasn't gonna win. No, nope. and that was like the standard is like you had you had a name and a jobber, and you couldn't see a name versus a name unless you paid for the pay per view. Uh, which I honestly think makes a lot more sense because mm-hmm. you there's only so many wrestlers. There's only so many combinations of wrestlers, and it's like mm-hmm. you can turn all the bad guys good and all the good guys bad, and you can have two two bad guys team up, and then they're good guys. And they're, but it's like it, at some point, like just mathematically speaking, you are going to run out of combinations. So that's right. why I liked what they did in the '80s, which is yeah. you, you know you would have these super duper wrestlers battle these no name mm-hmm. guys because when two people finally met in the ring. It was like a big deal, and it, like right. it might not happen again for years, and it kind of made everything a lot more important. The interesting thing about rock and wrestling too is that because the cartoon was, you know, it's I, I mean, obviously a cartoon takes months and months and months to make. 
Uh, mm-hmm. and, but wrestling, you make it every week. So right. in the cartoon, guys are good guys that are bad, and guys are bad guys that are good, and nothing makes <laughs> sense. And it's right. like, and it's like, wait a minute, why is Roddy Roddy Piper's mm-hmm. a bad guy in this segment that you're showing me? And in the TV show that I watched directly after, Roddy Roddy Piper is the worst guy in the world. But in yeah. this cartoon, he's like saving puppies. It's like, what's, what's happening here? What's going on? Uh, so, yeah, I remember that like WrestleMania had probably just happened because they were already promoting WrestleMania 2 in the next coming months. I was like, oh, I'm never going to see this because there's no chance in hell my parents are going to pay for a pay-per-view for wrestling. Oh God, no. I mean, can you imagine? So I just, and so like, I was just kind of starving for scraps watching these free shows on USA. Be like, here's what happened after that, that pay-per-view that you guys didn't pay for. <laughs> um, well, back, and the, back, save, yeah. the saving grace for me was mm-hmm. like when they were so kind, I think when Saturday Night Live was in reruns, they would do the Saturday Night main event occasionally. Yes. And that I was like, oh, it's like a free pay-per-view. I get to see Hulk Hogan wrestle King Kong Bundy and I would record it because there's no chance my at my age I was staying up that late. But I would record it and watch it the next day on tape and I was like, oh, cool. This is awesome. I was seeing a, 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 a name versus a name, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Saturday Night Main Event was was super cool for everybody because it was it was like national television exposure for the WWE for free, which is yeah. fantastic because you know they'd be on USA or TBS, which is like cable. And then back then, that's like deep cable. It's not. Yeah. I mean, like you know, it's it's so funny. We're so used to just having like we're so used to like carrying around little TVs in our pockets that show us whatever we want. Um, back then, like there wasn't even a thing called pay-per-view. You had to buy these things on closed circuit television. Yes. yes. It's like, isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's just, it isn't. And now, I mean, all the, pa- so yeah. Closed circuit television would like people meet at like some sporting arena to just watch a television. Like, what did that mean? It was just, they didn't have the term pay-per-view yet. So you had to okay. like call your cable provider and get it on closed circuit TV. And, I mean, honestly, all closed circuit TV means is that it is not open to everyone. Which is is where the $50 comes in or the $60. Okay, because to me, I was like, oh, that means they've got a direct line to the feed. I mean, And like, how how are you going (laughs) to distribute that? You've got to have it like on one, you know, projection screen in like a in an arena somewhere that people have to gather and watch a television show. I mean, you know, they, they, they do that. They do do that now. Like, uh, you know, for example, I know there's a couple of bars in Orlando where, Oh yeah. For a pay-per-view. Yeah. You you go, I mean like, you know, I, I watched Brock Lesnar fight in that, in UFC 200. I just went to a sports bar, you know, Mm -hmm. and I sat down and I paid for $5 worth of drinks. And I, I watched a guy on steroids beat up a guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that broke my heart that it was like, it it was like, you know, it's, it's so funny because we're adults and we're just like, no, I don't believe any of this. It's like, I know this is all fake, but like Mm -hmm. some part of me was still like, you know what? Maybe Brock Lesnar is just like a genetic freak. Maybe this guy is just a gigantic 41 year old man. And it's like, no, he's not. He, uh, he took a lot of steroids. He's on drugs. Not a lot of drugs. It's interesting. The UFC. All right. So here's the thing. Like, if you're mm-hmm. if you're gonna participate in a UFC match, right. like 
the UFC is a sport. So it is, you know, it's governed by state sport commissions. Yeah. And you have to start drug tests three months before a fight. Unless okay. you're coming out of retirement. Okay. At, 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 at which case, the moment you come out of retirement, you have to start drug testing. So, like, Brock Lesnar... Well, he clearly knew he was going to fight in UFC 200 for a long time. Uh And then he just waited until a month beforehand to, like, officially unretire. Oh, my God. And so, like, he was juicing like crazy for months, one would assume. Oh, God, am I going to get sued? This is all hypothetical speculation. (laughs) This is all... I've yet to receive a letter from any lawyer regarding this podcast, so go right ahead. This will be the first. Um... (laughs) So, and that, and honestly, like, that did kind of break my heart a little bit. It's like, oh, I thought this guy was like, I thought he was, I thought he was some sort of Superman. Nope. Mm, A-Rod and Lance Armstrong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so funny because when you think of A-Rod and Lance Lance Armstrong, Armstrong, why wouldn't you take steroids? If Mm -hmm. anything, what these three people have showed us is that taking steroids turns you into a billionaire. Right. (laughs) So it's like, you should definitely... I ruined my name, but at the same time, I became the highest paid person in my field. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's, it's so funny when you think of you know, when you think, I mean, especially Lance Armstrong, where the mm-hmm. story was like, he came back from cancer. It's, right. lo- it's like, oh no, his name is ruined. What's he mm-hmm. going to do now but go back to his million dollar mansion oh, and like man. fall asleep on a bed made of money. <laughs> like, oh, the poor guy. So, um, yeah, back. So, like, when I was watching the, uh, the cartoon and I was watching the, uh, Saturday Night Main event, then I think Res- WrestleMania 3 started coming up on the, uh, on the horizon, mm-hmm. and I think they built up that storyline through a combination of the USA shows and uh, Saturday Night Main Event because that was the big heel turn for Andre the Giant, right? Uh yes, it was, and that um, was like to me was like whoa because I was introduced to him in cartoon form, <laughs> and no way would this guy turn evil, and here he is betraying Hulk Hogan of all characters. Then eventually, everyone knows the um the WrestleMania three story where Hogan eventually body slams uh, Andre the Giant. Then there's a a contested result because Mm -hmm. Andre says the referee counted three count when he was he fell on him. Apparently that was a mistake that they made in the ring, and they actually built on that as an actual storyline for the next WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Where they contested the uh, the validity of Hogan's title, and they did a an elimination bracket, which eventually led to Macho Man becoming the new uh, heavyweight champion. Right, and like I think Macho Man is kind of he's like everybody's favorite wrestler because he was. Uh, I mean, the thing about him was it was absolutely real. It's mm-hmm. like it's like with Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is doing this whole kind of Donald Trump shtick, where mm-hmm. he's like he's saying what he's saying what you want to hear right. you know and he's like you know oh take your vitamins and i love kids and this that it's just it's all mm-hmm. kind of fake and then with with macho man it's like oh that's a real crazy guy <laughs> yes he's really crazy that's a real actual crazy man i mean apparently like the way that macho man got big was you know he was a wrestler and he went to 
Memphis um, with his brother, um, and he and his brother, the Pafos, would mm-hmm. just not would just not stop challenging Jerry the King Lawler to a fight. Like okay. it was not, it was not scripted. It was nothing. It was not planned. It was like Macho Man was just like, F- "Fight me, fight me, Jerry Lawler, fight mm. me, fight me. I, I, I dare you to fight me." <laughs> and, okay, and it worked. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, eventually he got put into a program with Jerry King Lawler, who was, the, was you know one of the biggest guys in. I mean, he's still one of the biggest names in wrestling, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know, it's just. He's a crazy guy. <laughs> he's, yeah. a cra- he's a crazy guy who kept doing crazy things until someone was like, well, let's put these crazy things on TV. It's uh, When I was following it, he, was, he started out as a, a villain or a heel in WWF. And then um, he cheated his way into getting the Intercontinental belt. Mm-hmm. He had like a little dumbbell smuggled in his trunks <laughs> and he punches uh i think superfly snooker in the face or maybe tito santana one of those two mm-hmm. and he gets the belt in a contested uh match and also the referee for that match eventually became referee danny davis who became a heel wrestler <gasps> so like they they turned like this idea of a wrestler being corrupt or a, a, a referee being corrupt into a wrestler being a villain and so he became, I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> I know. It's so cool. Like that, that they're like, cause like in hindsight, it's, it is kind of cool because you could kind of argue that maybe this wasn't scripted, but they capitalized it like in true improvisation fashion, you know? Well, I mean that, that is, that's one of the coolest things about wrestling is like how you fold in reality and like, like, you know, I mean, for example, uh, we were just talking about Brock Lesnar and mm-hmm. how he, you know, according to New York State and not me, he has failed several drug tests. I love how I'm working mm-hmm. it back now after I've said all that crap. But, um, <laughs> but uh, it's New York State. Yeah, not look, it's serious. Nope, certainly not me. Uh, I don't I don't know him and I'm afraid of him. But um, <laughs> but but the thing is, uh, so, you know, Brock Lesnar is going to fight. Randy Orton and Randy Orton was in a was it was you know was in the ring giving an interview the other day and he was saying how like Randy Orton's not going to need any chemical enhancement to beat Brock Lesnar and he says that on TV and so mm. it's like okay well well now we're folding in the you know the mm, this the whole New York these allegations now we're folding into the storyline by the way uh, Randy Orton. It's a guy who has failed drug tests, I believe, three different times. Oh boy! So it's so he's maybe an imperfect messenger, right? For the uh, for the don't take steroids mm-hmm. uh, argument, but hey, you know what? Fun's fun. Look, it was still fun. I don't care. I right. liked it. Um, and I'm I, glad I, that they, yeah. they they're still doing stuff like that in wrestling because so often I'll see an opportunity where they can do it and they, they miss the opportunity. And then yes. someone will have to explain to me, well, they can't turn this guy bad because he's got a movie coming up. Yep. And I'm like, what? That's, ah, that's not a, this is, you can't capture, capture lightning in a bottle. Like you got to take advantage of this timing, you know? Oh, I mean that, that happens 
that is sort that's another just thing that always happens in wrestling you know like the crowd will the crowd absolutely hates somebody but right. his t-shirts are selling very well mm-hmm. uh to kids and yeah. the, apparently what happens in wrestling is the moment that you become a bad guy kids stop buying your stuff mm-hmm. because they hate you i mean right. they're kids they <laughs> they don't like bad guys they mm-hmm. they're like good guys um so, so you know, a, a wrestler that that most people hate will stay. I mean, John Cena is the perfect example of that. John Cena right. gets booed out of every building he performs in, but yeah. will never be a bad guy because he he sells too many T-shirts. Hmm. Um, but I wanted to say, actually, speaking of referees turning bad, the ultimate mm-hmm. story of that is um, referee Earl Hebner. Who, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the referee during uh, the infamous Montreal screw job uh, of uh, Bret Hart. Uh, Bre- yeah, Bret Hart, which is when I mean, you know, wrestling. It's it's like they like to say it's predetermined. You know, mm-hmm. it's like look, yep. th- these guys are really in this ring hurting each other, but we know who's going to win and who's going to lose. And yep. so Bret Hart was leaving the WWF to go to WCW, which is at the time was the WWF's biggest competitor. And he, uh, he, you know, he was promised that he would be able to leave without losing his final match. Right. And and he uh, was holding the 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 title of the company right and he, he and he was and he was whole, he had the belt at the time but you know he said like look i just don't want to drop the belt to Shawn michaels but he mm-hmm. didn't want to lose to Shawn michaels because he hated Shawn michaels as a person so he was like look just you know mm. we'll get rid of the we'll get this belt off me some other way i'm just there's no way i'm losing to Shawn michaels and right. uh and what happened and, and so vince mcmahon was like okay you definitely won't don't worry like like you'll win this match and then he mm-hmm. told Shawn michaels and the referee uh, this guy, you are to, uh, we want you to screw this guy over. Uh, just right. uh, pin him and then count really fast, and that's it. And the referee that was, that like did the dirty deed was named Earl Hebner. And, yes. you know, and so he became the villainous referee. And to, and to, and to make it even more like soap operatic, Earl Hebner has a twin brother. So a lot of so a lot of times, like Earl Hebner would like would disappear under the ring, and then his twin brother would come out and do something bad, and then they would get him out of the they'd kick that Earl Hebner out of the building. But there was a secret other Earl Hebner who would come out and do something bad. It's just like it was. It's great. It's really good. And Earl Hebner still to this day, like you know, he's like in his eighties, and he'll go to wrestling shows and he'll say like hey i'm the guy that screwed at bret hart and, and he like, revels in it and he revels in it, and he sells t-shirts that say like like i screwed bret and oh it's like he's God. still making money off this like 30 years later that's funny it's funny because um i remember in the early 2000s there was an interview with vince mcmahon and people would uh the, the interviewer said you know you're the one who screwed bret yep. but Everyone always chants, you screwed Brett to Earl Hebner whenever he's in the ring. And Vince just shrugged his shoulders. He's like, ah, I can't control what the fans do. But ever since that interview got published, then they started chanting it to Vince McMahon. Yep. And then Vince I- McMahon 
it's within his character to like revel in that. And he's like, and I do it again. <laughs> I, I mean, and it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think there was an interview with, with another, uh, another interview with um, Vince McMahon where he was like, I didn't screw Brett. Brett screwed Brett by oh, refusing yeah. to lose. Like he screwed himself. And then, and then, so this, and, and again, to show you how like reality gets folded in. So this very real conflict between two people, they, interestingly, there was a Canadian documentary crew who was following Bret Hart's last match. Mm. And so all of this is caught on camera backstage. Even yes. Bret Hart going to talk to Vince McMahon and... And Bret Hart's like, no, cameras, you're not allowed back here. But the microphones were still running. Mm -hmm. And Bret Hart definitely, he comes out and the documentary crew's like, what'd you do? And he goes, oh, I punched Vince in the face. Okay. It's it's like, so that's how real the conflict between Vince McMahon and Bret Hart was. Yeah. Um, a genuine betrayal of friendship, a genuine business deal broken, followed by someone genuinely punching the guy in the face. And then 15 or 20 years later, they turn it into a WrestleMania match right. where Bret Hart fights Vince McMahon for, like, to finally settle, like, once and for all, like, to, to put the Montreal screw job to rest. Uh -huh. And, uh, and you know, so, so I mean, obviously, that is a very highly scripted thing, these two guys having this big WrestleMania fight. So... So, like, reality then became fiction. And then here's another layer of fiction that had to be played on top of that. Bret Hart at the time could barely walk. He, mm. he you know, he spent his 80s, he spent the 80s and 90s and 70s wrestling. Mm -hmm. it, it, it took a huge toll on his body. So Vince McMahon had to, like, do all of the work. Like, Bret had to, like, <laughs> pretend to punch Vince. And then okay. Vince had to, like, fall back on his back. And, like, oh, he gets him in the corner. And, like, Bret, who can, like, barely walk halfway across the ring? Like, they have to pretend that Bret is destroying this man. Oh, <laughs> like, he, he can't do it. It's... So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like... And there's... so Vince McMahon, who barely can wrestle as it is... Yep. He's not he's he's not even really a professional wrestler. Nope. He's a he's a manager slash owner slash whatever you want to call him. Yep. And he's the one leading this match with this living legend former wrestler. Man, I I never saw that match, but I I can bet that it was oh, it's not bad. the most entertaining no, to watch. No, you feel real bad for oh, Bret Hart because the whole time you're watching it, you're like, oh. uh yeah, this guy's in uh, clearly in a lot of pain. I mean, in Andre the Giant's last WrestleMania, uh, they they had to do this thing where they put the they put like all of these guys in these like I, I don't it, imagine something. Imagine a combination between a golf cart and a forklift. Okay, like a giant kind of. It's it's like okay, so when you get in a forklift, you get in kind of like this like cage, this kind of like mobile balcony. So like mm -hmm. you know, so they had all the wrestlers come to the ring in these like cool mobile balconies, and you know they were all decorated. Like you know, Roddy Roddy Piper's had like bagpipe guys in it, or it had like I don't know, like like plaid kilty kind of stuff, and Hulk Hogan's like was you know yellow and all this stuff. But the reason they did that is because Andre the Giant was so riddled with arthritis that he could barely walk. Like he. He 
literally couldn't walk to the ring. So they had to invent these crazy cars so, to get the guy in the ring. So is that is that why everyone was driven to the ring for yes. that WrestleMania? That's why everyone was driven to the ring so Andre they could the giant. Yes, so they could <laughs> so they could not reveal that Andre the Giant could barely walk. The oh, guy wow. in the main event of WrestleMania <laughs> he mm. can't wrestle. Wow. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. There's uh, a lot. And then on top of that, mm-hmm. I remember uh, similar to that Bret Hart versus uh vince mcmahon match you just described mm-hmm. hogan did a similar thing years prior to that right yeah well it's it's interesting with hogan because he the the thing about hulk hogan is that he never really did anything super crazy in the ring like mm-hmm. he would you know um he would punch you And he would, like, do a leg drop on you. But, like, Hulk Hogan was not a good wrestler. In fact, like, the best wrestlers are rarely the most famous ones. It's like, Mm -hmm. you become famous because you're an entertaining talker. Like, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mm -hmm. Hulk Hogan are the three biggest names in wrestling. And no, like, and you would never consider them to be like physically like the greatest wrestlers of all time like you know they're not like jumping around the ring and doing crazy flips and they're not doing this and that and they're not doing crazy hurricane runs and shit like mm-hmm. they just like would punch you a lot but yeah you give them a microphone and they're the most entertaining person on the planet it's the promos yeah 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 that's what that's to me that's what made wrestling what it was it was the guy that could cut the best promo was always the best in my in my mind because yeah if you've accepted the fact that it's predetermined then i need something behind this match right like yeah. any any scene you see in a movie yeah. you need to know why characters are fighting each other not just that it's a good action sequence i need to know what's at stake yeah so to me the epitome of wrestling professional wrestling was the hulk hogan rock match uh oh yeah well it's incredible that match and like people people like like where you're coming from who like very much into the technical aspect of wrestling and admire like the the technical wrestlers definitely put that match down as like that was a horrible match it was horribly executed whatever and i'm like that was awesome because it was two eras fighting each other and the two best talkers in the business and there's all this history behind the both of them that's what I was watching. And the fact that, I mean, dude, people were booing, you know, Hulk Hogan as a bad guy up to that point. But it's like once he started doing those old Hulk Hogan moves, people were like, Hulkamania lives. And it was coming back during that match. And people were starting to boo the rock of all people. Well, that's see, that's like another interesting part about wrestling it's it's like so at the time like hulk hogan was the baddest of the bad i mean he mm-hmm. was literally named hollywood hogan and yeah. the and his deal was that he was better than you because he was in movies and he lived in hollywood and you're some poor schmuck and yes. it's like can you i can't imagine a, a worse bad guy than someone who's like you're poor i'm rich i live in hollywood you live nowhere like, right but but he's fighting the rock and at some point you realize 
this is a very old man fighting a very young man. Yeah. I don't know how I can, in good conscience, boo this old man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I mean, I think it has, I think that, like, look, it has a lot to do with nostalgia. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. he's pulling these Hulkamania moves, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, I'm being transported back to my childhood. But then the other thing is, like, does anyone want to see an old man get beaten up? Like, I, I guess that's part of it. I didn't I think of it quite that way. I was definitely all about the nostalgia when I was watching that. Yeah. But like when the Hulk hulks up yes. and you punch him in the face like two or three times nope, and he just like work. shrugs it off and he yep. gives you the finger wag. Yep, I'm like, work. it's like, dude, it's it's professional wrestling at its finest because it's like clearly this is fake. But it's that awesome because it's got the drama behind it. It's like he's a superhuman. Nothing can stop him. He's taking punches to the face, and he doesn't care. No, I, well, he look, he's hulking out, as he calls yeah. it. And, and, I mean, he's unstoppable. And if it wasn't for the power of all the Hulkamaniacs behind him, I don't know that he'd be able to reach that <laughs> that level of invincibility. But, I mean, that is what makes... That's, like, ultimately why wrestling is... You know, it's it's called, like, the first and only, like, truly American... It's called it's called like it's called like you know a truly American art form, mm. and um, but it's it's the closest we're gonna get to real life superheroes. Right. I mean, you know, the Hulk shrugging off all your punches and then leg dropping you and covering you up and you know and yeah. and you know getting you the one two three. It's like that. That's what Superman does. Yeah, at exactly. some point, Superman gets so he's just had enough, and it doesn't matter how many times you hit him, like. His sheer, his sheer love of the American dream, or his sheer will to protect the innocent, yep. like it, like it, I mean, you know, it overcomes it, all physical adversity. Exactly. I mean, you know, the 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 second most famous comic book of all time is The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. and in it, like a nuclear Superman literally gets exploded by a nuclear bomb that right. literally blots out the sun, and Superman's powers come from the sun. And so Superman is like emaciated. He's about to die, yeah. but his love of but like he loves planet Earth so much yes. that he fights through it, mm-hmm. and he breaks and he and he he comes back to life. And it's like, well, isn't that what Hulk Hogan does? Absolutely, absolutely. And like that speaks to my love of superheroes when I see that happen. And you know, I don't think a move like the People's Elbow exists if you don't buy into that whole love of showmanship and flamboyancy and just you know all around trashing of your opponent yeah it's just mocking someone yeah well i mean the the people's elbow is is the rock throwing himself at the ground as hard as possible Mm -hmm. and look he hits you with an elbow but his entire body slams against the ground like a pancake he is hurt. I mean, if if you're being real, he is being hurt a lot more than you are. But right. it's not real, thank God. It's no. Fake but of course, leading up thing. to that, he'll he'll bounce off of two different ropes. Yep, he will do that <laughs> to do it. And it's like there's no reason you need to run over this individual two times. No. Nope. Nor does you know Hogan need to go off of a rope to do the leg drop. It's like you don't need a ru- to run laterally to go up and down. No. Be, well, because. Yes, because then The Rock has to stop himself. 
He yes. has to stop all the momentum he's just built up. He stops up. running and then just goes down. Right. It would be much easier to just walk up to a guy and fall on, fall on top. <laughs> but uh, that's not cool. So I think I've got someone who's um, not at the door this time, but I've got this uh, uh-huh. this this occult trinket that I picked up at a, a gift shop that was sell- selling some old Ghostbusters memorabilia. So I'm not sure what this does. Uh-huh. But um, I, 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 it's it's been flashing since we started talking about Macho Man, so I'm gonna I'm gonna see what this does, okay? Oh, sh- oh just be careful. Okay. I think it works like this. Oh yeah, the Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! Is is this? Is it Lanny Poffo? Is, is this I'm sorry, Macho Man Randy Savage? Macho Man Randy Savage coming at you because Macho Madness will never die. Yeah, dig it. Oh, Macho Macho Man, it's look, I'm I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, I I love I I, I never ate Slim Jims until you told me to, and now they're all I eat. You got, got to snip into a Slim Jim. Yeah, dig it. No, oh, yeah. Mysterious. I remember the first time you ate a Slim Jim. I was connected to all the Slim Jims sold in America during the 1990s. Yeah. I, you know, I've heard about this whole collective unconscious theory of Slim Jims. It's cool to get it confirmed. True that, my friend. You're a macho maniac. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, who's the most unexpected person that snapped into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. No one ever believed that Linda McCartney, a vegetarian, (laughs) would eat a Slim Jim, but she used to nosh on those. She's with me in the afterlife, and she doesn't regret a thing. Look, I I mean, look, there's vegetarian... Look, you're... You can only resist the allure of a Slim Jim for so long. I mean, I, I, I can hardly blame her. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think America would blame her either. They're delicious. Absolutely. Dig it. Ooh, yeah. Macho, macho man, if, if, if I'd, I'd love to ask you just a couple of questions that, that people, I mean, have always wanted to know. Ask Is that away. Okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, you know, uh... All right, I guess my first question would be this. If you could beat up any person from history, living or dead, who would it be? Ooh, that's a good question, yeah. Ooh, well, the obvious answer, of course, is Hitler, but that's too obvious, yeah. I, I, look, I know that you... Look, nothing you do is easy, so, I mean, yeah, obviously. Although, can I just say, it would be pretty... Amazing to see you <laughs> just knock the shit out of that guy. That'd be pretty cool. Before Hitler went to hell, I went back in time because you could do that in the afterlife. And I, I cornered him in a steel cage. And I fought Adolf Hitler to the death, the second death. And then he had to begrudgingly go to hell. It was called Hell After the Cell Match. No, I, wow. I, I just, I'm very impressed. I think that, I mean, I'm not surprised because you were a cool guy. 
when you were with us, and it sounds like you were but an even cooler guy, and now you've crossed over to the other side. Um, but I have to answer yeah. your question oh, honestly, oh, so because sorry. that was so the sorry. obvious answer. Sure, sure. The true answer to your question is Stereos. Who would I most like to wrestle? It's the man that invented automated customer service. Oh my god, tell me about it. Teleconferencing customer service automated number choices. That, that guy's going down. Yeah, I'm gonna fly an elbow right to his nose. You used to be able to pick up a phone and get a real person who could really help you, and now it's just like, you know, oh, I think you said you want me to hang up, or I think you said you want to go back to start. It's like, no, I didn't say that. I didn't. Ah! Oh, yeah. I'd like to headbutt that guy so hard he'd bleed from his ears. <laughs> well, you know what? I I would lo- I would love to see that. Oh, my God, I'd love to see that. Uh... It sounds like, you know, I mean, you know, heaven sounds like such an amazing place. Is there anything that's kind of annoying about heaven? Oh, yeah. There are lots of annoying things about heaven. Yeah. Like all these people, all these religious types, they're up here and they're still prophetizing. And I'm like, you're already in. Stop with the act. My God, no. It's just like, look, enough. Look, to give it a rest, just relax. You made it to heaven, for Christ's sakes. They can't stop. I'm telling you, they're fanatics. Oh, yeah, that's coming from a madman. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, the man is... Um, all right, if you were alive today, would you vote Trump or Clinton? Oh, wow, that is a tough question, my friend. Yeah, you're giving me two options only. Oh, no. Dig it. Wait, are, uh, unless, of course, you want to vote for Jill Stein. I don't know. Jill Stein with her Green Party values. They're so in line with the macho man. <laughs> Are they? Are they? Are they really? You would think so, and yet they are. Ooh. Wow. Hillary Clinton is barely different than the Green Party, but no one wants to vote for her because of personal issues they have with her character. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's, and I think that sexism is is sort of a play as well. I mean, I know that that's like you know. I mean, like, honest, people can have honest differences, but I, I think at some level it's just sexism. You could be right, it's true. And then Donald Trump, he's an ultimate sexist. Ooh, yeah. He says no one treats women with more respect than he does. Does he even listen to himself? This, I... I, I just, I do not like that guy. I mean, like, you know, like, he's been divorced three times. He must not respect women that much. Clearly, no. I mean, look, I used to, I used to be pretty mean to Miss Elizabeth, but even I wouldn't say that I respect women. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, so look, look, sometimes Miss Elizabeth did things like, you know, she would help your opponents, and, I mean, you know, you can have honest differences with Miss Elizabeth without, without bringing gender issues into it. No, it's true, but man, I used to talk some smack about that woman. I used to say, Miss Elizabeth, you go down that aisle, no back talk, and she would just cower like a little flower. Yeah, look, I'm not gonna say, I'm, I'm not gonna say that you always did every, uh, look, I just think you tried your best. 
I think oh, he tried yeah, I appreciated his stereos. And you know what? I wish you would talk to Miss Elizabeth from the afterlife, too. Maybe you can convince her I wasn't that bad of a fake husband. Uh, you know what? If if you ever want maybe off the air, I can, I can, I can you know, feel her out. I can, I can give her a call. I, I mean, I'd, I'd be more than happy to. Oh, yeah. We'll do some marriage counseling from beyond the grave. Yeah. I, I, it's not where I thought I'd end up, but I'm also not surprised. So, yeah, let's, I, I'm game. Awesome, mysterious, but I've got to go. Oh, I've of course. I've being contacted by a higher power. No, 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 no. Of I've got to meet with some other dead wrestlers like Andre and Rowdy Roddy the Piper. Ooh, yeah. Oh, well, well, hey, we'll we'll tell everyone I said hi and thank you so much for talking to me. You are so cool. Thank you so much. Ooh, yeah, much old madness will never die. Goodbye. Wow, he's gone. Hello. That was really cool. Are you okay? Me? Yeah, yeah. I mean. I assume he used your body as a vessel. Was that what happened? Well, because you weren't talking, so I assume he, his spirit took you over. And I now felt I... frozen with shock. I was just in awe, like wow. seeing what I, you could not see what I could see. I saw him, like he didn't even look ghost-like. He looked like, like he was really here. Like I could practically smell his sweat. Do, do, do me a favor. Mm-hmm. I'm. I, Touch, touch your face and tell me if there's anything over your eyes. Oh my God. There's, there's, there's sunglasses. <gasps> and there's a headband. Oh my God. What, what, I don't even own a cowboy hat. What is this? That's, I mean, c- good job buying that amulet. Whatever the hell you bought. Cause that, worth I mean, it. that's going to pay, that's going to pay some dividends. Totally I mean, worth this it. is. I you, honestly, right now, I think you're you are the only podcast that has access to the dead. You may be you may be right. I mean that if that's not a hook, I I don't know what is. I think I got to use this thing more often to tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean at least another time, one more time. I mean, <laughs> I'll save it for another episode. Look, well, look, you don't want to, you know, look, you don't want to 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 blow it, but right. um. But hey, I'm so sorry. I I'm actually I'm with my family and and it's uh and we're gonna sit down for dinner. So I got a split. Okay. All right. Good talking to you though. It was it was good to, it was good talking to you too. Is there anything you want to plug? Um. Yes, I would say uh, follow me on Twitter at Asterios. That is A S T E R I O S. Um. I have a new book coming out in October called Toys for Cheap. And so if you Google my name, Asterios, if you Google Toys for Cheap, you can find out about it. It is a fake catalog of dangerous and insane toys. And um, and I think your guy, I think you guys will like it. Awesome. All right. Thanks for coming on the show this evening there, thank, Asterios. Thank you for having me. You, you take care. You too, man. Good seeing you. Good seeing you too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.